This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino is coming soon to Ontario. Soon you'll be able to legally bet on all your favorite sports, ranging from the NHL to UFC, playoff hoops, and so much more. And that's not all. What if we told you the hottest new casino will be available right from your phone? DraftKings has all the latest features and promotions, ranging from daily odds boosts to best-in-class casino games, and so much more. Soon you'll be able to place a same-game parlay, score daily odds boosts, and play your favorite slots games anytime, anywhere in the province. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Get excited, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino is on the way. While you wait, check out DraftKings now and tell them I sent you by using the promo code RINKRAT. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T. That's promo code RINKRAT. DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino coming soon to Ontario. I'm really hyped about this myself. Absolutely favorite thing to do. Saturday when the NHL randomly decides to shove all the games into one day for whatever reason. You start off in the morning. They usually got games 1 p.m. all the way to the West Coast games at night. You can sprinkle a a responsible wager here and there throughout the day. Makes it so much more entertaining. It's the best thing to do. Check it out. DraftKings Sportsbooks and Casinos, promo code RINKRAT. Gambling problem, call 1-866-531-2600, 19 plus, physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of an operating agreement with iGaming Ontario. All right, we're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. We are recording this on a Wednesday, April 20th. Um, nothing really of significance going on today, right? Nothing. 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 nothing, nothing. I know. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, today, I'm not going to lie, this is, like, uh, this is like the Jordan flu game for me. If uh, Michael Jordan had, instead of food poisoning, uh, he had the sniffles. Because I'm dealing with the sniffles right now, I and uh, you know it's 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 been a battle. I haven't been haven't been sniffling like this in quite a while. As always, joined by Jason. No Josh today. He's in Smashville. How's it going? Good uh, week. Four and zero. Four and zero. Seems like we got couple boring ones. Yeah. Couple snoozers. Don't hate it though. Down the stretch, holy Islanders and. And Philadelphia, like Islanders, they you kind of can expect that tight, whatever kind of game. Most exciting part of it was Barzell grabbing Marner and then getting funny. fined after it. Yeah. Uh, the Flyers suck. 
Yeah. Like, that is just a god-awful Especially team. without Giroud. God, they oh, not good. No, they're terrible. But, yeah. But anyways, I think they got some cap space to work with this offseason. Hopefully they... I'm sure they'll use it. Yeah. Well. It was funny when Ray Ferraro mentioned on the broadcast, he's like, oh, they're calling it a... A retooling on it, a retooling on the fly. He's like, I love how many different ways they call this stuff. Yeah. Like, you got to rebuild at this yeah. point. At that point, it's just, anyways. But. but, anyways, let's get into it. Washington game. I'm going to recap these four games as quick as I can. Washington game, a seven-three win. This was an absolute shit kicking on Washington. There, I got to say. Like, an exciting game all around. We saw a lot of great things from a lot of different players. I thought mainly, I I thought 110%. I loved the way that William Nylander played in this game. He was fantastic. He had, what, two goals in this one? Yep. No assists in it, but he had the paddle save. Samsonov made the paddle save on him early, and then he scored after that. He had a couple fantastic passes. I believe one to Riley, one to Tavares in there as well. A couple other high-danger chances, too. He could have had five points in this one easily. And, you know, we've been dogging on Nylander because of his five-on-five play. We also have been dogging on the lines because the line he's on just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But he came out to play, I'd say, this week. Yeah, yeah. And he even commented on it. This little sidetrack. He commented on it. uh, I think. I forget who posted the tweet. But he himself said he wasn't happy. He watched a couple games at the beginning of the year. Wasn't happy with how he played. And he's Said he's narrowed down some things to improve, specifically skating on both sides of the puck. And, yeah, he said yeah, he was so. most noticeable was skating. Yeah, as in like skating less. Just, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Mark Masters. It's it's a it's a funny way of him saying that he. Oh yeah, I'm probably maybe a little <laughs> lazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> a little lazy. <laughs> but it's okay because he's figuring that out right when he has to. So that's great. Exactly. I mean, so he had two goals in the Washington game, mm-hmm. assist on the game winner in Ottawa. The Islanders game, did he have a goal? I should know this. Probably shouldn't be I saying this last. I don't but think But anyways, so. and then the Flyers game, he yeah, had a goal two, and an assist in there points. as well. So pretty darn good week for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get in. So uh, Washington game, 7-3. I mean, a couple small things here and there that went down. It was Kyle Clifford fighting Tom Wilson. Uh, Tom Wilson. I mean, I want to discuss that because a lot of people were really high on the fourth line after that game. They were saying, look at, like, Tom, uh, Kyle Clifford brings the energy. He hits. If you watch that game, other than the fight, if you take out that fight, that was the worst fourth-line game I have ever seen. They were on the ice for the goal. They were a cause of the goal. And Clifford was the closest to the guy that scored the goal in front of the net in the third period, I believe it was. And they had a major turnover in the third period, too. Yeah, They were, they were so dog water in that one. It was unbelievable. But... You, Jason, pull up the – yeah, get yeah. the expected goals on that one because it was a I'm, 7-3 win. They were horrific in I, that one. I feel like they didn't, like, get a shot for some reason. I feel like they didn't even, like, sounds att- about right. attempt a shot, and they were at, like, zero expected goals because, this like – sounds about right. They were terrible. If you have now. zero expected goals for you, you're going to have a zero expected yeah. goals Yeah, then there was percentage. a late scratch in the Ottawa game, and then Clifford ended up scoring. So, you know. Crazy how this stupid sport works. So yeah, 22 per ex- expected goals for percentage. 0.43 against, which is more than the entire team. The, the entire rest of the team conv- combined, 0.124. So they did have a shot. I lied. I'm sorry. They had one shot. So, yeah. Three shots. So they were outchanced pretty much one to four. Yeah. yeah. In this in this game. Yeah. Nice. So. Love that from your fourth line. 
<laughs> that's playing against Garnet Hathaway, who is just physical. He's a pretty good physical player. Yeah. But um, anyways, that Washington one, lines one, two, and three were all above 60%. Mm-hmm. As we said, the fourth line was not. Uh, if it wasn't for the third, the underlying numbers would have been way more lopsided. I believe it was like, what were the shots at one point? They were insane. Anyways, the shot total, the shot differential was crazy. Samsonov played decently, and then he got pulled. Like, yeah, it was just one of those games. Go in the first first two uh, first two periods. It was twenty six to fourteen. So, nice. and then they got a, like they got eleven shots to the least six in the third period. Yeah. So that's, I mean, when you're up by that much, it's yeah, trying to stop. But. Um, I mean, it's such a good game. I always have to nitpick as I always do. Uh, Muzzin got walked on that John Carlson goal. Yeah. And, and then every goal the Leafs scored after that one, the camera panned to John Carlson. <laughs> it was I have three screenshots. Yeah, of it. it felt like he was on the ice. for. I feel like He wasn't even yeah, on the ice for most of yeah, them. Yeah, for like, two of the three, he was not on the ice. There was one that he was he got walked on, though. <laughs> oh, to be yeah. Fair. yeah. Well, that's that's John, experienced John Carlson yeah. hockey for you. Um, anyways, and then, yeah, they scored two other ones. They were shitty goals. Doesn't matter. Uh Bush two primaries in that one. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bunting, William Nylander, and Ilya Mikheyev, two goals each. Will, uh, Michael Bunting obviously snapping that 18-goal, 18 18-game 18 goal drought where he Crazy. had like almost still a point a game. Yeah, like, just that's absurd. Absurdity. Yeah. But he was snakebitten too there. Like the oh, yeah. three or four games like before, I feel like there was one chance. every Like last week, one chance every game where it, yeah. like things go right and that puck goes in. But hey, he broke the streak. Playoffs, yeah. I thought it was that. interesting. He's in the top 10 in terms of five-on-five five slot chances, slot attempts per game. He's in the top 10 in the league. Michael like Bunchigan. shots? Yeah. Like, like slot, shot, shot attempts in the slot kind shot of Shot attempts okay, okay, in yeah. the slot, according to Megan Scheika of Stathletes. Okay. He's in the top 10, and so is Austin Matthews. Interesting. Who do they play with? Mitch Marner. <laughs> Coincidence. I think not? I think Mitch Marner also has – I saw this this from a different uh, uh, website. I think it's from Sports Logic. Someone tweeted – um, that Marner is second, I think, in shot slot chances created. Yeah. So it's like pass, slot, attempts, pass attempts to that, the yeah. slot. So two and th- yeah, it's, works works very well. They, that line works very well together. Oh yeah, just makes sense. They makes click. Sense. Yeah, they click out there. Um, hell of a summary we're doing right now. We haven't even gotten off of Washington. But That's okay. Anyways, we move to the nation's capital. Uh, where Dave, our resident Sens fan, did not have very many nice things to say to me. I didn't have many nice things to say to him, so it was all okay. Um, but, yeah, uh, Ottawa, I'm trying to think of a, a scuba diving joke I can't right now. So all I'm just going to say, Tim Stutzel, like, stay on your feet. Yeah, that was absurd. That was that was, a, so, that was terrible. I, I, can I don't s- want to sound like an old grumpy old man. Like, stay on your feet. You're ruining the game yeah, from yeah. falling down. Like, okay, no, I'm, I'm not going to go that far. But the penalty on William Nylander was a complete joke. That, the play in the corner with William Nylander was another complete joke. Yeah. And then he's had issues. Brendan Gallagher called him out before that. Yeah, yeah. So a couple things. One, the Brendan Gallagher thing, I I understand where Brendan Gallagher is coming from, but the, at least I watched back the play that Brendan Gallagher was referencing, and he like fully high-sticked him in the face. So. Yeah, but he, he went down, but, and then he got up and played the next shift. Yes, yeah, but... That's not that's not even good in minor hockey. No, I know. I, I think I definitely think he's a little light on his feet. I don't even think that he was attempting to even like draw a penalty with the Nylander thing. I think that was just a brutal officiating. I don't know. That that's like I don't know how you see that and think that that's. He looked like Bambi on ice. I, he, de- he definitely doesn't like. He definitely does. I don't. I don't want to. I guess embellish, but 
Um, this is now a Tim Stutzel hate yeah. podcast. Yeah. So, but I, I completely understand the hate, but a, a little, little bit I on, didn't the, like little it. bit I on the, I like referee is a tough job, but like, come on, I don't know how you call that of any, uh, yeah. like a, like soft, regardless of any cell job. Anyway, sorry. And then anyway, Shalgren got the best of yeah. them uh, in the very, very end. Yeah, that's it's important. So. so that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that breakaway save right on the line too. Oh, love to see it because he had an, like, I don't want to say he had a tough start because the Leafs gave up four chances that were just like very, 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 very difficult to save. Mm-hmm. A 2-on-0, a tip that changed over two feet in direction. Uh, what was the second one? Because the tip was the third one. Uh, the fourth one was a nice giveaway by Labushkin in his own end, which we'll get into him. He had yeah. himself a week. Um, I mentioned the two primaries in Washington. Well, it ended there. He, he had a tough week. But uh, what was the other one? Why am I drawing a blank on this other one? There was the 2-on-0, the tip, the Labushkin giveaway. So that's three. And then some more great radio. Is there one from the point? Probably. But that was the, that was the tip, I'm that saying. The, oh, okay. Michael Delzato, when he t- deflected, it was the point shot. Yeah. He de- yeah. tried to deflect it into the corner. It went off Timothy Logren and in the back of the yes, net. Yes, 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 What are you supposed to do on any those of those are, goals? Those are tough goals, yeah. Those are all pretty tough goals. Like, but he made the save. He made mm-hmm. a save when we needed him. Yeah. And we got the two points as a result. Nice. So, yeah. And he made the save on Timothy Stutzel. Yes. But, yeah. An Full interesting circle. game in Ottawa. They obviously yeah. go down because Ottawa's not in a playoff spot. So... Don't care a little bit, yeah, but, but Kyle I'll, Clifford juicing them up with a goal. Yeah, the Auto looked really good in that game. Not really good, but like way better uh, than I expected. Honestly, they looked like they had a lot of jump. So I liked Anton Forsberg in that yeah. one. There's certain players on Ottawa that are good. I know, like as Leafs fans, we love to mm-hmm. rag on the Senators, but like Josh Norris is a good, is a heck of a player. Yeah. Drake I, Batherson's a heck of a player. Brady Kachuk is a good player as well. Like, I don't think they're a bottom they didn't three even have team. Tom, yeah, anymore. they didn't you have Thomas I mean? Shabbat like, in that yeah. game either. Yeah. He's a very good player. So they're on their way up. They might be, like, teams The issue is that, like, they, but they got, like, a lot 25. invested. Like, what's Eric Brandstrom yeah, I don't know. to them? I don't, know. I don't really know there. Like, Jake Sanderson, too, right? Jake Sanderson is – Did he, even, he didn't play this one. Oh. No, no, I'm just saying. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like I don't know where he is. Where, where, what they're going to do with their roster construction. What? How good is Some he going to be? Some weird trades they made. Because they're really yeah. hoping for it, that he's something. Yeah. Um, Anton Zub, he's he's decent. He's whatever. But, like, Stutzel, screw him. I hate yeah. him so much. Anyways, um, we beat them. Yeah, they have some good players, but they they do they definitely do have a lot of holes still. Yes, for sure. I think they're going to be next year. They're going to be like the Red Wings of this year. Yeah, maybe. Where maybe. it's like sitting in the last playoff spot halfway through the season. I could see it happening. And maybe. Then, and then falling off and not making the playoffs. I think they're still like... I can't see them making the playoffs next year. Yeah, I don't see them making the playoffs either, but I just... I, I don't think they're... Like before, past three years, I viewed them as literally the worst team in the NHL along with Buffalo. And yeah, I think, I think after last close. year, it changed my... Halfway through last year, they started yeah. playing well. That really changed my mm-hmm. perspective on them as not being total dog water. Yeah. <laughs> but it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And ownership change just going on there. Who knows like, about that, yeah. Anyways. Who knows? So it'll be interesting. I wouldn't peg them as like an up-and-coming team because what have they shown to be up-and-coming? Nothing, honestly. They're just not a bot. Like, they're just, in my eyes, not Anyways. the worst team in the league anymore. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
That's their consolation prize. Yeah. That and Brady Kachuk got to sing karaoke after a game. That was. I yeah. couldn't believe how happy Sens fans were about that. It's like, <laughs> all right, like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you lost. You're not making the playoffs. But uh, have fun with that. Um, again, another great summary. We're on a freaking roll here. Eh? Nice. Um, next game was the New York Islanders. This game was just kind of boring. Um, yeah. yeah. So I was at this game and just Ooh. sorry to cut you off, but the once the once the third period hit, I think the Leafs like went into pretty sure they went into like a abs- like a complete shell. Like they were playing a strict like one one three, not letting anything by them. And interesting yeah, choice. Yeah, but, Lilgren yeah, and Riley together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, another weird one. I for, I completely forgot about that until you brought it up. But I think I I don't know if it, I don't know when it happened, but I I I noticed it like nine minutes into the like nine minutes left yeah, in the third period. They started. Putting like different d- defense pairings together, which that's where. So you said they they went into a shell kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, Nylander did have a point in this game. Cool. Um, they went into a shell. You mentioned there, but mm-hmm. I I don't think it's, it was from the start of the third. I think it was midway around through. then. Nine okay. minutes around okay. there. But I definitely did note it was very noticeable that they did try to collapse and mm-hmm. try to you know lock it down in front of yeah. the net, so to speak. Right. So but, it seemed like they were trying. Like that seemed like a prepare for playoffs type thing where we're winning let's try and like not play offensive and just see what we can do just by holding a lead yeah i think that was kind of the idea behind it but i excuse me i, di- I did did not understand the shuffling of deep pairings with nine minutes left in the game that made like little to no sense to yeah, me I whatsoever don't i don't know how to even rationalize that in my head no one was hurt for a second i was like oh is this guy hurt are both are both of them hurt what's going on like yeah. nope all right everyone's healthy no Okay, no, uh, no long change for any guy. Like no one was on like too long of a shift. Minutes are about the same. There was literally no. I was nitpicking any reason I could find as to why they did that, but I couldn't find any. So, yeah, yeah it, was, it was uh it was odd. But anyways, it I was. I I do agree a hundred ten percent there. Anything um, else you noticed in this game? Yeah, Nylander scored, so we missed that one. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, I'm actually trying to find it on the fly here. Should have it somewhere. I can't remember how he... Oh, was it power play? It was probably... For, I'm guessing it was from Marner. Anyways, shouldn't be saying this live on... Right. Anyways, he had two points in this game. Two points against Philadelphia. It was one point. Yeah. yeah. One point uh, against Washington. Uh, sorry, one point against Ottawa and two goals against Washington. So, heck of a week for that guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Was it the... He went upstairs on Sorokin? Was that the one? I, I can't remember. Anyways, it was a boring game. So then they won. That's what's important. They won and they eliminated the eliminated the yeah. Islanders from playoff contention. Little cherry we got on to top. use uh got to use some great memes from the vault on that one. Yeah. I really liked that. But we also in that game, the most important part, I think, was we saw the debut of actually let's finish out the summary and then I'll get into that. Uh then Leafs against Flyers on uh, Scotiabank Arena. Uh, last night, just another boring game. Yeah, but interesting new lines. Uh, yes, we were ta- we were kind of joking about it yesterday that how uh, it's starting to like shape into like what we've kind of asked for early on yep. in the year, like around January, February, when things weren't really clicking between Tavares and Nylander. And it's it's funny because who knows? Maybe they'll end up with those lines three months after we suggested, but at least we get our wishes, right? So oh yeah. So the bottom six, I always felt for the Leafs, like. When Matthews was in, it was it was lagging behind. Mm-hmm. Right? 
I didn't think Nylander worked well with Camp and Engvall, or like Camp specifically. It just wasn't an offensive enough line. Wasn't able to pass the puck with anyone there. Wasn't able to receive passes from anyone there, really. Um, and then the fourth line was just a complete disaster. Last night, the bottom six, like, it worked. And yeah. it worked very well. And I think a big – so let's get into the lines and what my theory is Go and what it. our theory – and, like, why I think Kerfoot's going to be playing center in the playoffs. It's not something we've seen all at all this season. We've only seen it the last two games. Well, not at all, but mm-hmm. we haven't – we've predominantly seen Kerfoot on the wing. Yes, yes. Right? Last game, Sheldon Keefe changed every single line yes. from the game before. Yes. Against the Islanders, he had Bunting playing third line. Uh, he had Marner playing with... Uh, John Tavares and Mikheyev. On the first line then there. Angval, Kerfoot, Nylander. And then Spezza, Simmons, Evertzese. What was the third line? Then? Third line was Bunting, Kampf, Blackwell. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. so those are the lines in the game against the Islanders. The Flyers game, they changed everything, mm-hmm. right? They went Marner, Abruzzese, Bunting. Then they did Tavares. Was it Mikheyev? Tavares, Mikheyev, Blackwell. Mikheyev, Blackwell. That was an interesting mm-hmm. shuffle there. And then they kept... It was the only line that they kept. Nylander. Was Nylander, yep. Kerfoot, Engvall. Mm-hmm. And Sheldon Keefe made a special emphasis of saying... I want to keep those that line together. Yeah, Nylander. So he yeah. shuffled the entire roster to keep them together and kept them together. Mm-hmm. I think it was a day like because it, it worked pretty well in the first game. Mm-hmm. In the second game, I think it was a tryout kind of thing. Like, can this work in the playoffs? Because you can't go into the playoffs with your what fourth leading point getter or fourth best play- forward. It's an insult calling him that because he is a point a game forward. Mm-hmm. He has 32 goals this year. You can't have him playing being a zero at five on five. Yeah, he's got to. Yeah, yeah. he's got to be a contributor. Camp wasn't doing that. Camp, it was just not working at all. Nylander's not a defensive guy. Camp fully is, mm-hmm. right? So putting him with Kerfoot, a, a combination that we've seen work in the past, back when Kerfoot was a playing on the wing and b playing center in the playoffs last year. It, it did look good last night. I will admit that Kerfoot. Nylander, uh, Engvall there. And so that's why I think that they're really going to run that. I, I really do want to. I'm curious to see what the. <laughs> oh, my God. Learn how to talk. But I really am curious to see what the practice lines are going to be tomorrow. Yeah. Because I have a fleeting suspicion that it's going to be those three together. I, I could see that. I could see that, though. Right? They, they look. They've. They've looked good together. Like I think Pierre Engvall's taking a step this year. Kerfoot and Nylander looked good in the playoffs last year. Like all, all the right things that you want to see that could make a line exactly. work together, right? So, um, yeah. Anything else you saw from this game other than which one? The, the Flyers, Flyers game. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Nick Abruzzese got a big leap, so he got into the fourth line the game before. Mm-hmm. I thought he played very w- pretty well mm-hmm. against the Islanders. There, he had a good chance in front uh, off a pass from Spezza. And then he made a strip and then a pass to Spezza there as well for another good chance. I mean, two pretty good chances on the fourth line there in very limited minutes. That was, That's a good showing there. Yeah. And he didn't give up anything. I think their expected goals was 95%. Yeah. So yeah. It's around that. Obviously, yeah. you put him on the first line. That, that was a little bit weird. I think mm-hmm. it was more so of a placeholder kind of thing. Yeah. It seems like a placeholder uh, for Matthews type thing. 
shuffle things up kind of thing uh, just to keep that third line there, mm-hmm. right? Um, but Sheldon Keefe's comments about Abruzzese I thought were very interesting after that game. I didn't – I thought Abruzzese was meh. It was just yeah. more of what we had seen, yeah. except we saw him more on the ice, not doing very much, I want to say. Um, but Keefe said this, and it was it's the most minimalist – like the the most minimal compliment that you can give to someone without like insulting them kind yeah. of thing. It's he like said, just just yeah. over the line of being a compliment. Then like yeah. if there was a line between a compliment and an insult, it'd just be like a little half step over. It, he and he said about him. I'm paraphrasing, but he said it was every time he moved the puck, it was to our team. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Like, do you look at someone and go, you look very okay today? Yeah. Like, you look sufficient. You're covering the bare minimum. Yeah. So, like, what? Yeah. So, <laughs> he weird. didn't turn over the puck. Yeah. Cause when you think about, like, all right. He also didn't generate any chances. Yeah. Like, what's, what was Abbott's, like, what was his strengths coming in? I guess, like, I don't, I didn't watch him in, he's in college, a, but he's like, he's a smart player. He's pretty skilled. And, mm-hmm. like, you saw that. I mean, he was making. Decent passes, but it wasn't anything yeah. into high danger but, areas. Yeah, and you played with Bunting and Marner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was kind of my point. Like he doesn't really skate that well. He doesn't have like an elite shot. Is he? I guess like I don't know how you like can compliment someone's defensive positioning or acumen with like I, he didn't make any like outstanding defensive plays that I I noticed. So he like did. what what's left there for, for him is passing. So he can it was, pass. So the one thing that he does already okay. Yeah, he just didn't give the puck he away. Like, moved that's the so puck weird. From low danger area to low danger area. Yeah. I thought it was just like a very vanilla kind very of vanilla. performance. Yeah. Like it wasn't like it's interesting with him. He's in the right places, but it's like again, he he's not aggressive. He doesn't hunt pucks. Mm-hmm. He doesn't create turnovers. Yeah, just, create uh, yeah create turnovers, get takeaways. He doesn't have a great shot, so it's kind of like. What does he really do out yeah. there? Like, it's just like a flat line. It's like he's and, not hurting you, but he's also not helping you. And like, if I'm a, if I'm a, like, I don't know. I feel like we're we talked about this for like I feel like I talk about this so much. But if I'm Nick, if I'm Nick Robertson, if I'm like even like Alex Steves or any, literally anyone who's on the Marlies right now, I'm pissed because like this guy has done nothing. So it's a little different. So I it's think like, Abertzazi's positioning is a lot better than a oh, positioning away from yeah. the puck is a lot better than what Alex Steves is. Yeah, I'm, I'm However, just... Alex Steves has like a much, much better... And also, Alex Steves can't play center, and neither can Robertson. Yeah. But Alex Steves has a much, much better shot than he does. And I think he's a bit of a better skater, yeah. too. So, I, regardless of... Like, I was just kind of naming players yeah. in the AHL off the top of my head. I would just, I'm just saying, like, if I see this guy getting, like, all of a sudden gets, like, minutes with some of the best players on this team literally after doing nothing, I would be very frustrated. Like, cause like what happened to having to earn your spot in the lineup? I'm not trying to like, I understand this is for one yeah. game and I know this is kind of like a little tangent on this, but like, like think about Pierre Engvall. Pierre Engvall has been like scratched. How many times did he get scratched last year and the year before he got a scratched lot. a lot. He, and I, I always, I thought he always looked like good when he played. Some people didn't think so, but he definitely, and he definitely had his shortcomings. That's, for sure, he wasn't a perfect player to start, but he had to like claw and 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 like just claw it and any opportunity he got to yep. to become a, a 
a roster player. Exactly. And and it was it was not uncommon at the beginning of the season to predict Pierre Engvall to be on waivers. He was our thirteenth forward coming And into guess the season, what? In the thought. last regular season game, Ilya Mikheyev got injured. Mm-hmm. That opened up this that left a spot for Pierre Engvall. Pierre Engvall wasn't playing in the exactly he wasn't playing in the playoffs last year without that injury, right? Like No, you're talking pro- no, 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 you're confusing. Beginning sorry. of the season. Sorry, sorry, yes, yes, sorry. Played I, last year in the playoffs. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Um at the beginning of the season. But yeah, and then same thing with like Justin Hall. Justin Hall did the exact same thing two years ago. Clawed his way into the lineup, had Got to earn his spot seventy-one like, times before that. I'm just again, like I'm frustrated that they're giving like I just don't see what they're seeing in him to give him such like great opportunity time after time. Like it's been four games now of like nothing, and then you give. But I, I understand Matthews is out. I understand someone had to play there, but give someone else a chance. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, like I know it's a bit of a rant, but yeah, and I get you. It's uh, it's odd. I don't know. It's like, just frustrating. His, his position, like I, I feel like his position, his play away from the puck is solid. It's just like he needs to work on a getting faster mm-hmm. and b being more of a puck hound. Yeah, being more on the puck kind of thing instead of like you're not going to be you're not playing you're not a power play quarterback from at Harvard anymore. No. Like you're no, you're not going to have all that time and space with the puck. Like you need to be able to move the puck from low danger areas to high danger areas yeah. if you're going to be that playmaker, and I didn't really see that. Yeah. Right. I saw it a couple times in the Islanders game, in the Philadelphia game. I don't know. Like, what, what were his underlying numbers? Because I don't. I don't uh, the line didn't like was basically fifty fifty on the expected goals. They lost by one shot. Yeah. Not a lot of shots for. Not a lot of shots against. And that's like. You're playing with like Mitch Marner, yeah. and, and it was only five minutes, mind you, because there was a little bit of juggling back and forth in the Florida yeah. game, or sorry, in the Flyers game. But you're you're yeah. playing you're playing with Mitch Marner and Michael, Michael Bunting. Bunting. Like, how like, do you not? I like, have Instat. I have a, a trial on Instat, so I have a certain number of pages that I'm allowed to view. Like, I almost don't want to like burn one and watch him. Yeah. <laughs> from this past Fair, game, honestly, like, because like, from my first viewing of it, it was just like, all right, yeah. Like I can understand if you played with Pierre Engvall and Ilya, or actually they have they have double digit goals this year. Mm-hmm. If you played with like David Camp, he also has double digit goals. Every forward on the least does. Or there's ten forwards on the least with the double digit goals. Wow, Riley. is there one that doesn't like uh, Simmons? I guess Spezza. Does Spezza. What are they? I mean, at? No, Spezza has double digits. Wow. Wait, is he? Look it up on Hockey Reference and all. No, I'll you know who it. you know who it, it, it is. It. Kerfoot, no, no, it's Spezza. Oh no, it's not Spezza. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got this. Rink rat report. The Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons. <laughs> yeah. How many goals do you have? He has five. And then it. Oh yeah. Oy. Yeah. Uh, and then Rink Morgan Morgan Riley has ten. As well. Oh, wow. So, yeah, the least of eleven players with ten goals. Eleven players with ten goals. Yes. We got to check how many other teams have that, but. Yeah, Rink Rat Report, the official podcast of Dudes Looking Up Sports Guys. I'm. It's twelve. I'm so bad at math. Wow. 12, 12 players. It keeps changing. <laughs> 12 keeps cha- yeah. guys? One, two, three, four. Yeah. And learning how to count, too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So 11 forwards and one defenseman have double-digit goals. Yes, and one of them has only played – or a lot of them have played – two of them have, yeah, have played McKay less than 50 played games. played 48. Kasha has played 50. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That fires you up there. How oh, many yeah. have 20? Pardon? How many have 20? Uh, four, five. 
Five have twenty. It's the big five big four two. plus bunting. McKayev has eighteen. McKayev is going to like literally score yeah, twenty. Yeah, he's going to get a couple empty adders. It's absurd. Um, Anyone else close to twenty? So there's McKayev. is fourteen is the closest. No, other okay, than that's that. not he's not getting that. You know, you Six goals in five games. Yeah, I don't know about anyways, that. But McKay have two more goals off 20. Wow. Yeah, he after, could do after that. After a year where he could not bury for the life mm-hmm. of him off of two-on-ones. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, a lot of that also has to do with like, not just him burying it into the goalie's pad, but also some changes on Kerfoot's end too. Yeah. You see that goal against the Islanders? That was a nice one. That was a nice one. Like The breakdown of that goal is insane. Pass comes from Justin Hole to Nylander. Nylander takes out Pulak's stick. So that it goes behind them, it's then a two-on-one. He turns a three-on-two into a two-on-one. Very smart play in the neutral zone there. And then Kerfoot fakes out Adam Pellick, one of the best defensive defensemen in the league, fakes out Sorokin in the process too, one of the better goalies in the league, and Pierre Engvall wide open net. Like, Beautiful. Can't draw it up yeah. any better. Yeah, yeah. But... Anyways, yeah. that was our. I don't even know. Is no, we were just talking about the recaps. We went just bit, ranting. Went a bit into the forwards. Anyways, uh, we talked. We touched a bit on the lines. I just wanted to like hear your, because how I how I have the line set up in my head right now. I have um, the first line as it is. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Matthews, Marner, Bunting. Don't touch it. Okay. Yep. Second line, second slash third line, because these are both interchangeable in my head and could do different roles. Depends on. What you want your second line to be, your third line to be, whatever. Um, open space on the left wing, Kerfoot and Nylander. Keep those two guys locked in. Oh, you're calling that. Okay. Yeah, right? I was calling that the second. Third, third line, open space on left and right wing, JT. Okay. Why is it open? Just It's going to be Mikheyev. It's, I, I'm just saying like we're going to – I think put, they're keeping Mikheyev Tavares. I, I think so too, and I think it's a great idea. I'm just saying let's use these puzzle pieces though, right? And then last okay. one is left wing open, Conf Kosh. Predict. I'm thinking that Kosh uh, might take Kosh off there. You think so? Yes, he's one of the puzzle pieces. Okay, so Kosh definitely going to be Kosh on the fourth, fourth line. line. Fourth I, line I center. I think Kerfoot from my ranting and Ravens. I'm confident Kerfoot's playing center in the playoffs. Okay, unless something was seen that we didn't in that last game. I think you are 100 percent correct. So let's try and fill in these pieces. Maybe. All right. Thoughts so on that? So for sure, it's the first line is the first line. Yeah. So and that leaves standard is the standard. That leaves so uh, then. So I, I'm going to throw cash in I here. I think that it's going to be Nylander, Kerfoot, Engvall. I think they're going to stick that okay. together. In terms of the Tavares wingers, I think 100% it's Ilya Mikheyev. Yeah. I'm Pull up the roster. So the so that leaves us with Blackwell, Spezza, Simmons, Clifford, Okay, Abertzese, So it's either going to be Blackwell Kosh. or Kasha on that other wing. Okay. And they did audition uh, Blackwell, Blackwell up in that spot. So, I'm doing a great job. Don't worry. Um, so... Black, how did you think about Blackwell, JT, and McCabe? I thought I didn't really like Blackwell on that wing that much. No, not really. Honest. I would, no. I that's rather... why I prefer Kasha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think that's a good place for him to Blackwell, go. Blackwell, I think, like, uh, I think next year, I think he's still kind of learning what to do offensively mm-hmm. with the puck to be a better, like, playmaker and put himself into better positions to get higher danger shots. I mean, we saw, and I clipped it, the the chance that he got shorthanded where he comes off the wall, he flips it into the middle and he gets a better shot off. Yeah, that was like, a, that, that was, was a, that was a really nice play. That was a very yeah. nice play. I mean, yeah. it was shorthanded. So like, I think he needs to cut to the middle earlier. Yeah, like in five on five. Play yes, kind of yeah, thing. I like, could shorthanded. That. That's completely different. I'm not talking about that play, but coming off the wall earlier and like just kind of not, like he engages contact pretty mm-hmm. well, but. 
I feel like he does it too much for someone his size. You have to kind of realize, like, you're faster than most other yeah. guys. Like, use that to your advantage. I feel like I, I don't really see him. Maybe it's because I don't see him take get many zone entries. I, I, I don't know. It's no, tough no, to remember. But uh, I feel like he doesn't use a, a cutback a lot along the wall. No, he doesn't. Which is, like, I feel like would be really effective to add to yeah, his Yeah, but it also he, could yeah. be the Leafs system where they love the dump and chase. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. saw Jay Fresh posted the visualization of it. Like, the Leafs are in the bottom bottom five or bottom seven of the, they're 25th in the league or something like that in uh, uh, carrying attempts. Did you, did you send that? I, I must have missed that. I didn't I realize that. where I put it. But um, if you look it up, like they're in the bottom part of the league. In like 25th in the league in terms of off the rush chances. Yeah. That ma- that makes a lot of sense, especially because they the, dump and chase. Yeah. They retrieve, mm-hmm. they cycle, and then they go from there. Yeah. Like they don't really get two on ones and f- such very I, often. I hope that that's something that people start to notice of them in the playoffs because I feel like that's something that hasn't really been talked about a lot of. Is is it? Like I, I know we touched Not on really. it throughout PDO the year. Cast, Dimitri Filipovich on PDO cast 100% did. Mm-hmm. He talked about how last year William Nylander was so good off the rush mm-hmm. and then this year it's been a zero. Yeah. It's other, other than his breakaways. At the beginning of yeah. the year we did mention it and then they got a little better and then they, they trailed away from mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So... Whatever. It's just good to see that they're playing to, both. To keep an eye mm-hmm. on in the playoffs for sure. And I feel like that's a more effect. Like I feel like that's just a more effective way of scoring in the playoffs. Is just like the more zone time you have, the higher chance you have of scoring. Yeah, that's just how it works, right? So I think you just don't want to get into of. the trap of Montreal where it's dump chase. You're I mean, able to get a retrieval. You keep it along the mindlessly walls, cycle, and then you get nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right. But they're doing a better job this year of getting it, like point shots from the defenseman, tips in front. Yeah. Chances off of rebounds, cutting, getting the puck to the middle, kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, uh, let, how would you round out? We're bouncing around, but how would you round out the fourth line here? With uh, oh. so we have Engvall, Kosh, it'd be Kampf, Blackwell, and Spezza. Spezza, okay. Yeah, yeah, maybe rotate Simmons in here and there. Yeah. Like the thing is with Simmons and Spezza, like I, I think they should be scratched two or three times out of the next five games. I think that's fair. 110%. I don't care yeah. how they're playing. They need they, to be scratched two or three times, yeah. at least. Give them the because rest. Because they, yeah. yeah, they play well in very in spurts. They've mm-hmm. been good these past two games. Guess what? Next game, I'm not anticipating them playing well. Why? Mm-hmm. Just the patterns of how they play. A couple of weeks ago, I was going nuts about how well uh, Simmons played his two games on the weekend. He had the goal. He had the fight. Um he had a good game. I think it was the big five-hit five, five hit night against Winnipeg as well there. He looked rejuvenated. The next game, I didn't notice him. And then now, and then gets scratched, and then ends up back in the lineup, and then, you know, yeah. we end up in this vicious cycle. It's a little, so, little bit of a cycle, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So interesting. All right. But with Kerfoot, Nylander working like they are, I have a little more confidence in uh, in the Leafs These, forward at five on five. At yeah. least the power play is so good. Yeah, yeah, that's it doesn't matter. Yeah, but <laughs> no, I I love these lines. The only thing that I would change is I, I'm curious. Would you would you you wouldn't even entertain if Kosh is coming back on the fourth line with David Kopp? Just because I know it's like well, I would entertain it. It's, it's just I don't think that's optimal. Yeah, fair. I just. Hear me out here, just because I I like the way that they played early on in the season together. They did look very good playing off yeah, of each did. other. Um. I mean, 
we have a pretty good left winger who's scoring a lot in the AHL who could potentially fit on a JT McKayev line. I know I'm just going to beat that drum till yeah, it's... I know. It would but, fit very well. I, see, I do see the fit, and I do that? think it would fit very well. Yeah. However, I would just kill that dream right I now. I know. I'm just... You know what? I'm going to keep it alive he's, because... If he's not he's not up yet, we have five games left. Yeah. Like when... They're going to call him up first game of the playoffs? I don't ah, think it's knows? happening. Who knows? I think they sh- they should call him up for the playoffs for sure. I feel like that's a mistake. Like, well, no, these he has Calder Cup playoffs. I'm okay. They're not gonna. I think that's so silly and probably is gonna hurt him in the long run. And no, but, he is AHL playoffs. We're gonna Calder Cup there, and then hopefully next year he's a full timer. If yeah, I'm, I'm not even thinking about the roster, or whatever. But like, just hopefully. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Right. I just feel like he's ready to be a full timer this year. And there's yeah. It's not. It's not like there's. Like guys set in stone. I know. I, anyways, I feel like I've had this. I've I've said same the same complaint. thing over and he over and over, a nasty over goal again. Tonight. Exactly. Like he, he seems so. like he's doing that every night. But off the rush. Let it be known that I want Nick Robertson in the lineup. Now it's known. All I right. do as well. I um, do as well. So anything else with the lines? In terms of the forward lines, I don't. I think we're we're pretty good. Okay. So before we go on to the D, fellas, have you started your spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring is sprung, and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning your aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off free for sh- free shipping with the code RINKRAT. Wow, I almost got through the entire read. Messed your it up on shipping. Too. But, uh, yeah, uh, you guys knew it was coming. Manscaped died. Uh, we love Manscaped. Stuff smells good. The, they uh, have what you might not know, and I haven't talked about their lip balm mm. is solid. I forgot it today, and I forgot to use it, and now my lips are feeling a little chapped. I can't eh? wait to get home and, and use some of that. Yeah. So any any of the shower stuff, toiletries, anything, uh, grooming supplies, Manscaped's got you covered, and we can help you out there with twenty percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code Rinkrat. That's Rinkrat R I N K R A T, like the name of the podcast at manscaped.com. Hell yeah, we love balls. We love our balls, and we love our defense. <laughs> uh, Let's get into the defense there. Yes, um, um, I wanted to talk about a little video that came out. I think it was from David Alter, David or Mark. Mark Masters. One of them. It was one of those two posted a video of practice. And it was Jake Muzzin doing a It was the injured guys doing a drill. It was Kasha wearing the red jersey. It was Matthews in there as well. Uh, and it was Jake Muzzin in there. And then Andrew D'Agostini in net, who I don't know how he didn't have a heart attack afterwards. But uh, because it was one right after another. And he just seemed to bounce back. He's a... Uh, clearly, he's a professional athlete. He's clearly a far superior athlete than I will ever be. But anyways, the point of why I'm mentioning this video, Jake Muzzin goes through his progression. He wasn't even able to get the shot off. He bent over in pain and just took a lap. It was tough to watch, and it does not look like this guy's getting into the lineup for the next five games. He yeah. shouldn't be if that's what he's looking like. Yeah, and what, the second I saw that video, I kind of I feel like it's at this point now it's going to be tough to even have him play in the first like being generous by saying in the first round, but in the first round, like I d- I don't know how it's the, because the the regular season ends next Friday. Yeah, it's we're 
nine days away from the end of the regular season. Right. How many yeah. days are they going to wait until the, the, like they're, they usually don't wait to start the first playoff game that the right, the last regular season game, I think is Seattle Winnipeg, which are two non-playoff teams. So they don't even have to wait for that to create the schedule or anything like that. Right. Like they'll, they'll have everything released the, the day, day before the regular season ends. And I'm sure teams will play like the, I'm, I'm sure they, they'll play the day after. I don't even think there'll be a break. I don't know no. if they, well, the Leafs end Friday. When's the last regular season game? Sunday. On the Sunday, the first, I don't think it was the Monday. I think it would maybe be Wednesday. Okay, but that sounds reasonable. to Yeah. Me. Anyways, um, but yeah, so they're gonna definitely do Leafs play the Thursday and then the Saturday. Probably, yeah. That would that would make sense. Um, right. First game of the regular because they never play first game of the regular season because it's always like a Wednesday mm-hmm. or first game of the playoffs. Yeah. It's always like a Wednesday. They want to get the Leafs on the Thursday and then the Saturday train. Makes sense. But money. If that's the case, then. The second round, let's say it goes to seven, or the first round, let's say it goes to yeah, seven he games. We're like hobbled. Three and weeks. then, as we mentioned, he got completely walked in the Washington game. Like, he didn't look anything special yeah. there. So, and this is something that seems like has been bothering him for a long time, right? He's last year, he had issues with his back. I think, it, I sorry, I'm speculating here, but it looks like his back, by the way, he hunches over and, and something like that. But I don't you know. know they, I'm not even going to speculate. I don't even know. But um, yeah, it's, it just sucks to see because, like, he was so he's been so effective for us since he's gotten here since we traded for him. He's been an absolute yeah. stud, and it's just so, so it sucks. It sucks to see this season just completely yeah. unravel. Exactly, and it's just it's awful. There's so many things that like I want to talk about, but just before I talk about anything, I just want to say that as the player, like as Muzzin, as, as yeah. a, a player, it just sucks to see him hurt. We but, were debating should he be on Team Canada. Yeah, he was legit playing that that well last year. I thought before, but anyways. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't even know how it happened. I I hoped I hoped that it wasn't a, a like I was it a re injury? Like who knows? Like no clue. Anyways. It did not look good though. Yeah, it's not the way good. he was moving. It's not good. So So I wouldn't anticipate Jake Muzzin. It doesn't like, look I like w- he's gonna be. It would be a gamble to say he's playing in the first round. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. But so Anyways, what were your thoughts on Labushkin this week? I uh I have some thoughts. I thought he was oh I didn't really notice him too much. He had one penalty that was should not have been a penalty. That's pretty much all I noticed him in the Islanders game when he, I don't know, if the, I got an elbowing for like a hit. It was the most First absurd. to get called for elbowing. Yeah. His elbow was right by his side. <laughs> was, that was a brutal. It was more so of a charge than anything. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't know, you, I don't know if you'd even call that. Like, I don't know if someone would even call that a charge, yeah. right? Because it's like, yeah. Anyways, he, he literally hit a, a guy. Hit. Not even, Yeah, it wasn't even, I swear it wasn't even that hard of a hit. Like, it was a hit, but like. Yeah. Anyways, we know what Labushkin does well. Yeah, defensively in front of that, I saw, I saw someone criticize. Oh, his expected goals are the lowest among the Leafs. It's like okay, but isn't it a coincidence? Check his save is on a save percentage because I feel like it's better than most of the other Leafs. It is. D. It is. I wonder why. Yeah, clears the front of the net, rebounds are. He's a. You have to earn your ice around him, right? Yeah. Just because he's giving up more shots doesn't mean they're very good shots, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you add traffic and you add those rebound abilities and you add someone, uh, a player in front being able to tip the puck, it makes it that much more harder for the goalie to stop the puck. When you have someone like Labushkin, you, you can't have a lineup of Labushkins. Mm-hmm. You need to have him with someone that can move the puck, which is why he's with Morgan Riley, right? But he, he is necessary in this lineup. And I feel like if you were to look at his micro stats, He's got some pretty good defensive micro stats in there, especially with the Leafs. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't have those micro stats on We don't. Me right we'll now, harass but... Josh for them. I'm yeah. sure he has them somewhere. 
Um, but anyways, Labushkin, though, this week stunk. He had his Washington game. Sure. It was awesome. However, the, the pass to McKayev, too, on that Washington game. Oh, man, that was an awesome one through the neutral zone. But after that, those, those three games after that, the Ottawa giveaway was horrendous to Tim Stutzel. Tim Stutzla, whatever. I don't really care. That was a horrendous giveaway in his own end. The Islanders game, he fully screened Jack Campbell to no end. Like, had his ass fully in his face. Perfect screen, might I add. Bayouvier also played that very, very well. And then last night, he had a major giveaway on one of the goals, didn't he? I had him. I had him circled that he. That was one of the goals that was really. Yeah, really yeah. I, I don't exactly remember what happened, but yes, I, I, I yeah, he did. But yeah, it was, it, it was a tough, tough week for Elia Labushkin. Just three major, major gaffes that you really don't want to see from your defensive defenseman. Yeah, got a point in uh, yesterday's game, which okay helped to make it up a little bit, but couple plays that I was really not happy with. So I'm, I'm hoping in, I'm hoping he kind of reins it in. Uh, yeah. What were your thoughts on his, I don't know, it was a hug fest, but yesterday with uh, Zach McEwen. Yeah, no, I, I love, I love to see that going into the playoffs. Are you kidding me? Any, any type of bite from a guy like him is just good to see. Um, yeah. I didn't really, I see what you're saying in that he didn't play like great, but I didn't think he was like too, like. Some major gaffes. Yeah, major gaffes. up for it. Yeah, that that's true, but so it's like I I exactly I understand where you're coming from in the sense that he makes, but like we're okay, like I'm I'm okay with it because like I don't think yeah. this is like a I think this is more of an anomaly an than yeah, yeah outlier yeah, than than what it is uh, than a uh, consistent uh, thing. One thing I do want to point out though is that he's at least with you you mentioned that tweet because that tweet has has had me like thinking all day about uh, Labushkin without or, or yeah. Labushkin's expected goals, of course. Um, and I don't know. He seems to be okay playing with Riley. Expects 50, 51.2% expected goals for with Riley. What's Riley without? Riley without 52.72. But I want to make it, it... A lot of those games are with TJ Brody. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So a very incremental change between the two. And that taking Brody off a line with Riley allows you to have Brody on a line with someone else, which yeah. helps the team oh, overall in general. So again, I think Ilya, like I forget who tweeted it, but they were saying like Ilya Labushkin is like, he's probably your eighth defenseman and you're happy with him as your eighth. Like he's definitely not our eighth defenseman. No. One thing you have to keep in mind with these stats is that Ilya Labushkin is playing top four, like competition. Yeah. He's playing tough competition when you he's out there. You also have to so. look at the micro stats. Exactly. You have to look at like, just like, if the like I don't know I hate when people just throw up stats like like with advanced the, stats and then with no context very little substance yeah no substance and no context yeah. it's like okay like explain what you're seeing out there that he's not doing well that led to this like the numbers don't speak for themselves mm-hmm. like when you're talking about underlying numbers like I don't know <laughs> yeah like it's not like he scored fifty like when you say fifty goals okay like that's of substance right there. That's, that's extremely good. But it's like, oh, his expected goals is only hovering around 50%. Okay, but why? Like, it, go into more detail or else mm-hmm. you're just surface-level stat surfing yeah. right there, right? But anyways, yeah. I thought it was a really, really tough week. Tough week, but... But hopefully ex- he bounces back. I'm not, I'm not bounce back. Yeah. sold. I'm not, th- like, 
out on Ilya Labushkin. I'm just saying that was a tough week to watch him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, play hockey or whatever you call that 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 he was doing out there, yeah. right? Mark Giordano, hell of a week though. Oh yeah, he just keeps getting better and better the longer he, longer he stays here. He just what a game against Ottawa too. Beautiful. Did he, he scored right? He scored and. Yeah, he scored the game tying goal for in Ottawa, right? He had the game winner, game winner. overtime try. He had three points in, against Ottawa, two goal, uh, a goal and two assists. One primary, one second. He, there was the one he held it in to Justin Hole and then Hole to Clifford. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he had the slap pass to Michael Bunting, and then he had uh, the goal in overtime from William Nylander. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then he had a, an assist the next game, and I with Spezza and. I don't know if this is oh, a fact. So don't he... quote me on it, but I think that is the oldest goal scored this year it where is. you combine the goals, assists, assists, like the, per the goal, the primary. Breaking the news per assist. Rink Rat report. Yes. It is the oldest goal scored in this season for sure. Yes. Uh, yeah, so he's on a three-game point streak, three, three points against Ottawa, one point against the Islanders, and then one point against Philadelphia. And that I, for, I almost forgot about that one. I don't know how. Yeah. What a goal. You see Keith Yandels playing a little defense on that play? No, because he didn't. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, since he slipped on a banana peel yeah. there, that was an ugly, brutal. But Giordano's—he's been a stud since he's come here. He's awesome. Do- dominated on in the minutes that we've given exactly him. Exactly what we've needed. Exactly, like just a stabilizer, like a. a and I feel like at any point he can play in the top four. And like I don't, I—I oh, I honestly don't even know if. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the top four. I know Justin Hall has good advanced numbers that people like to reference, and I also like to reference them. But let's not be shy that and and like let's be honest about Justin Hall is that he t- sometimes does make some pretty poor mistakes. Um, but yeah, the, our our defense looks r- the sh- like looks pretty pretty strong going into the playoffs. And oh yeah. The most important thing, most important thing to know is our defense looks strong with arguably our, our best defenseman over the past three years. Not is going is probably not yeah, going to play. He's definitely not been the best defenseman this year, but over no, the past three, like since we've gotten him, yeah, Jake Muzzin has been our defense him, been best defenseman in my opinion. Last season, I think he was the for best sure. for sure. For yeah, sure. I know what you're saying, and that's there. not to slight Morgan Riley, but exactly. it's just Jake Muzzin was doing everything everywhere. So yeah, last year Morgan Riley was a bit of a. A disaster at one end of the ice and very good at the other. Yeah, but uh, this year he's really, for sure. really honed it in. I think he's overall been their best yeah. defenseman. But one other defenseman I want to talk about: Timothy Lilgren. He's also what great. a week! Oh yeah! Oh my God! This guy ripped one yesterday. He. What are you pointing at? No, not that. Oh, he just had his name up on the screen there. But what a week he had! I thought there was. I mean. Minus one against the Islanders, and then plus one against Ottawa. Like minus two against Washington. Honestly, I don't. Really, I don't. I do not think that plus minus is doing him justice in those cases at all. He was fantastic. He had a like he the way he jumps up into the play and gets himself open. It's like a fourth forward out there. I really like like a micro micro thing to notice with him when he's on the ice is when the plays in the cor- in the corner down down low. The way that he, like, just he keep he's always keeping his stride, which you're supposed to do as a defenseman. That's nothing like, oh wow, he's the next Bobby Orr. But the way he circles down low and almost like touches the dot and gets into a dangerous area, and then he cycles back, kind of thing. He's always coming down low and then coming back mm-hmm. up, right? And that creates like, it's so that he can safely get back, 
But at the same time, he can pose a threat in the offensive zone. I think yeah. that's what we also saw yesterday on that goal. Like yeah. that was a rip from and wh- Kerfoot to Lilgren there. And when you do that, it helps. Like uh, it threatens like the the other team if they get the puck, threatens exactly. them breaking out because you ha- you know your partner's back there. And it also creates sp- if you do get the puck, it creates a ton yeah. of space behind you. Whereas some guys, if they're si- if you're standing on the blue line, you catch your, you receive a puck. Where where are you going to go? You, they, gonna you go got a guy skating directly at you. Yep. It gives you the open space behind, and plus you're you're, you're in a high higher yeah. percentage shooting area. I feel like last year we talked about how Tampa Bay's defensemen. Remember their shooting chart that I showed you? Yeah, they're really good at shooting. I feel like their team does that a lot, which makes which which makes sense now because they shoot a lot from the top. Their defense shoot a lot from the top of the circles. It's a little interesting thing, but yeah, yeah, it's something that I think elite teams are starting to pick up on and do exactly so. exactly and then on top of that he broke the puck out like five or six times in a like fantastic fashion mm-hmm. just bought himself time in the defensive zone was able to make good passes up the ice against this the ottawa senators i think he hit the post in that game as well like i i think this was a, a great it was only one goal to show for it but i think this was a great week from timothy Logan. it just shows more and more each game that this like how can you take this guy out of a lineup yeah he's made massive strides in the past i i want to say 20 games he's made like I, I unexpected from my end yeah. at least i didn't and expect I know him. people are going to reference the charts always oh, expected goals he couldn't buy a save blah 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 but like just take a look at the goal that he was on the ice against for vancouver like just how bad the positioning was there the chance that he was on the ice it was in the arizona game he got beat in the beginning of the second mm-hmm. period and then was on the ice for i think it was the third goal there where he got beat by clayton keller yeah Again, and then the Buffalo game, the the Heritage Classic. Like these are yeah. three games in a row. Just off the top of my head, I'm listing. Yeah. He had a horrible giveaway that led to a good break, and then the next period, he had the give. He, he had the turnover at the blue line that led to the two on one, three on two, two on one, whatever, whatever. that yeah. led to the goal, and then he got benched after mm-hmm. that. Yeah, the biggest. Right? Yeah, the bill, biggest thing with Lilligan deficient deficiency yeah, wise, we like, like you said, it's mass- massive. They were, there were some massive gaffes. But he was contributing at the offensive side of the, uh, the offensive side of it. But he was still breaking the puck out well, like doing a good job breaking the puck out well. There was just some big gaffes that were happening in the defensive zone. I feel like he's cleaned that up a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like it's, it's he's looking real freaking good. Yeah, I cannot remember a time recently where he's missed an assignment, which is always good to see. I small thing when he's playing with Morgan Riley, they were having some issues sorting out where to go, but. I, don't, I just yeah. don't think that they were Buffalo. They looked very good together. Yeah, I just I had to eat my words on that one. Yeah, Oops. but eh. well, I didn't. But I don't know. I, I I think it's still a little too early to call that for sure. A, yeah, it's a small sample a size, pair, but they looked right? awesome. Yeah, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't say like, yep, playoffs, put them together. Yeah, but but I'm just saying they looked mm-hmm. awesome together. Yeah, and let's not I, I'm not trying to take that away from them, but temper expectations. Tell exactly. me, he's still been a stud. He's still been. I I blown yeah. blown me away the past twenty games at the very least. So agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got for defense. Goaltending, yeah. I thought Jack Campbell had a good week. Yeah. That's all That's Quick. what we need from him. Yeah. Um, do you want to get into Do we have time for some? Oh, yeah, we got time. Yeah, so you want to touch on some playoffs? Yeah, so right now the way it looks is it's a toss-up right now who we're going to play. So as of uh, April 20th, uh, 2022, the Leafs are almost guaranteed to get home ice uh Knock on wood. Uh, yeah, the only the only way for them to not get home ice is for them to lose out, and Boston and Tampa essentially went out. So yep. I don't see that. I I hope that doesn't happen. I hope I don't see that happening. But 
Um, Leafs basically lock up home ice with a win or two over the next two games. Um, And it seems like right now it's a toss-up who they play between Boston and Tampa because both Boston and Tampa have 76 games played. Um, Tampa Bay has 100 points. Boston has 99. So only one point separating the two of them. Um, Exactly. The, The Bruins play to close out the season. Rangers, Habs, Panthers, Sabres, Leafs. So that's a playoff team, non-playoff team, playoff, non-playoff. Mm-hmm. And then the Lightning to close out the season play, the Leafs tomorrow, 8 p.m. game. Damn it. Ah, that throws off my night. I didn't know it was 8 p.m. Anyways, Leafs, Predators, Panthers, Blue Jackets, Blue Jackets, Islanders. So three non-playoff teams there. So a little bit of an even split between them there. Like it, it, it could go either way. I feel like it really could. It really could. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I, I just wish. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not scared of both, but I'm kind of scared of both. It, yeah. It's like a pick your poison kind of thing. But if you had to choose right now, who would you pick? I feel like we already did this, but I, I'd pick Boston. I would as well. We're, we're both on the Boston train. Just because I think Tampa Bay. I don't think they can. Like if I were to just guess right now, because it is a guessing game, I think they can revive it for one round. Yeah, I don't think that they can revive it to another Stanley Cup. Just yeah. like how, with how sluggish they've been playing the second half of the year, just how mentally straining it is on the goaltender, and like Vasilevsky having to go through another twenty-five games in a row of being spectacular like that. Uh, John Cooper not having that perfection line. I guess that's where they're yeah. Gord. Coleman Goudreau line uh, to rely on when you're up in in one goal games, right? So that's where I, I'm still very scared of Tampa. Mm-hmm. Like they still have a lot of weapons, they still have the experience, and I still think they can do a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah. The biggest thing about Tampa, I think that other than their goaltending, is also their D. Their D is are like among the best in the league, oh, yeah. and their Dom decision. You can th- honestly like just like stroke off Tampa about any part yeah, of their game. Yeah, their their <laughs> entire game looks good. But Dom put out an article today actually about how like heaviness and in the playoffs like Tampa Bay does not get enough credit for how like big they are. Yeah, yeah they have small skilled forwards like Point and Kucherov, but the pretty much the rest of their team are like huge like giants basically. Big heavy giants that are yeah. tough Corey to Perry plays bigger than he is. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, Pat but Maroon on the fourth specifically line. Specifically, just their their decor. Belmar's solid. I, I think their decor. Those are just depth guys. In yeah. This. Nick Paul, they added as well. They like that big, mm-hmm. big physical, physical guys. Guy like on they're the four check there. Yeah, so that's that's like a scary thing about ta- yeah, Tampa. Gee, when you list it off, Chernak, Eric Cernak is six foot five. Victor Hedman is like six foot seven. Uh, Sergey Sergeyev is a skilled defenseman. I think he's still six three. Yeah. Uh, they got Ryan McDonough. They got Foot back there, who's can't remember how big he is. Ryan McDonough's like six three as well. Like all those guys we listed are like actually not all of them, but like they have a very very good mix also of offensive and defensive on that defense core. Mm-hmm. Sergeyev's good on the uh, offensively. Hedman's good both ways. Cernak is very very good defensively. Like they defend the line, the blue line well. They defend the front of the net well, and that's why they're two time Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, seriously, and yeah, they're gonna be like. Just like comparing them to Boston, that that defense core is going to be such a pain to play against, especially if we want to play how we want to play. Because if we want to play up the yeah. cycle and try and penetrate uh, into the slot, like those 
those are some of the best defensemen at, at defending that. that. Eric Chernak is really, really good at defending the net front now. Some, some, some say he's like the best in the league at it. But uh, Hedman does the same thing very so. well. Like th- those are all guys who are like really tenacious so, uh, in, in how they play defense in their own zone. It's kind of the full buy-in, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, they're again, they're overall a nasty team. And like we haven't even talked about like one of like their power play has been like amazing for three years in a row now. So oh, they, the way they zip the puck around, it's beautiful. Just... Kucherov's deception is like w- what makes that thing go though. It's he's oh, a, yeah. uh, do you remember player. last year watching the Leafs power play and how shitty yeah, it, was it was for a few five six months it yeah. was, and then turning on a Tampa Bay power a Tampa Bay playoff game and being like, "What the is this the same sport?" Mm-hmm. That was insanity watching that. They can really zip it around. That's yeah. where, like, the Leafs have to almost. I don't know. Like, I don't want to. I don't know. That's such a hockey. Th- I was gonna say. Oh, you don't want to cheat and like go for goals like they have been, but I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't even <laughs> think they do cheat. Honestly, I don't. Even, I, don't. I, I think, think it's just the way that they. Molly Marner's really good at steals, but yeah. also they have McKayev and Engvall, who are six three and six mm-hmm. five, who have such a long reach. Yeah, they're long boys, and they can really skate fast. Yeah, so that's where they get their chances. So yeah, and yeah, I, throw out with that. That was a dumbest cliche and also I, I've ever thought they, of. They play like kind of like a little mini triangle, and then yeah. the the top four just attacks, right? And then, like, it's kind of like a cycles between yeah, the two I forwards. Explained, yeah, I explained so. it earlier. Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm still um, correct about it. Yeah. I um, said it wasn't working with Marner, and I got shit on for Well, I should have gotten shit on for that because that was a dumb take because he's been awesome. It's working now. So. It's working very well. Yeah. It took him a couple games to get adjusted to it, but I think a lot of teams are doing that where you get you have one guy sit in the middle of the ice so mm-hmm. that the cross-ice pass is, not is taken yeah. away because you have, if you, if that's available, and we saw the Leafs score a couple goals from it, it just allows the puck go, to go through a high danger area, and it makes it more difficult. The goalie's got to cover more ground. Mm-hmm. You're able to get that one timer across. You're able to possibly get more space and rip a good shot from there. So bad things happen when the puck goes through the middle of the the ice, especially yeah. Go- on the power play. Goalie so, has a lot of real estate to cover there. Yeah. Exactly. You get one guy to sit in the middle there to watch that cross ice pass. And then the other guy chases. So one guy chases, and then if the puck gets moved, the guy from the point goes back to the middle, and the middle guy goes out to the puck. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's been working well this yeah, year. Yeah. It looks. It looks good. I don't know. If, I don't know who started well, that. If, whoever. If, if, yeah. If we copied it from be doing someone the po- else, the box no more. Yeah, that's definitely the way that. Because you remember, that's how it was supposed to. Yeah. Guys would set up the box or the diamond, even. Yeah. It's like the diamond it's was like, like okay, a great but, revelation. Like, that's how. It's so easy to just send pucks yeah. through, right? And it's then, like, okay, yeah. you're keeping them outside, but it's like when you got the ball pinballing around, well, you're, mm-hmm. the, the puck's able to pinball around yeah. through the di- uh, the diamond or whatever. It doesn't work. Yeah, but, but yeah, that power play, in, in short, that power play is sick Yeah, in Tampa Bay. So, yeah, scared, scared to play Tampa. Boston, though? Boston is also still a very, very yeah. good team. To close I don't, on on Tampa Bay, like, yeah. I know Brandon Hagel only has two points. What made him attractive was his contract, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think he was sh- punching above his weight with 20-plus goals in, in Chicago, whatever. But important thing to note, Blake Coleman had one point in his first nine games with Tampa Bay. Yeah. He's a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. They got Nick Paul, and they got Brandon Hagel for a reason. And I feel like that they were trying to rebuild that third line they had from last year, and they felt like those were the two guys to do it. Right. Yeah. Matthew Joseph is an exceptional player, 
he unfortunately just didn't fit the mold that they needed. Mm-hmm. They need someone moment. more like bigger, heavier, good on the forecheck. Yeah, like, right. And I think Joseph still has room to grow in his game. A, like a, a oh, good yeah, amount. he's going to be good for Ottawa. Yeah, so that's a perfect pickup for Ottawa. Um, but yeah, Nick Paul is just a more seasoned player. Bigger, I guess. yeah, bigger, yeah, definitely bigger. Yeah, but see, like he hasn't played that many NHL games, which is crazy. But yeah. I know what you mean for like, sure. Yeah, he's um, a big boy that wins puck battles. Yeah. So but, yeah, now we can move on to Boston. I think throw up their their daily face off. I want to. Take a look. With so that yeah, la- last time I w- we watched Boston, uh, I th- last time I watched Boston it was the game against the Leafs, and they had like kind of a funky line combo going where they split up Pasternak from the top line because they weren't happy Are they with still his- doing that. I I don't know. I'm curious. I- I'm gonna we're gonna figure that out right now. Live on air. But uh, if that's the case, yeah, it seems like that's still the case. Eric they- Hall, because Eric Hall is really ripping it up on second line center. A lot of okay. Boston fans are really yeah. happy with him. I think he's over a point a game in his last like wow. ten. That's crazy, but yeah. Um, seems like I didn't realize this, but Pasternak and Lind. Seems like a lot of guys are hurt for. Yeah, they're just sitting them out though. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, but probably their optimal lineup. I think it's the same as Matthews is hurt. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, I think he's going to be back next game, but he's yeah. quote unquote hurt right now. Yes, and I don't want to get into this, but I feel like I, I texted you guys this week. That You're scared. Yeah, I'm scared just because I don't know the, the way that. Usually, if something is minor, you don't stress about how minor it is so many times over and over again. I, that's my tinfoil hat theory. Um, yeah. I hope it's not true, but it seems like they're really stressing how minor it is, and that's making me think it's not minor. I just, I just go out and I put on a brave face for yeah. the kids. You know? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, I'm really just a psycho. That's the problem with me. But anyways, um, if the if Boston is keeping together those lines we talked about earlier, it's going to be Marshawn, Bergeron, and DeBrusque on their first line. Hall, yep. Halla. And Pasternak on their second line, which is a and then a third line of Frederick, Coyle, Smith, their fourth line, Felino, Nosek, and McLaughlin. Something like that. Something yeah, yeah so something like that. So doesn't sound overly scary, but Halla is playing well. Mm-hmm. Like the big thing is they have Marshawn, Bergeron, and Pasternak. And they've added Taylor Hall too, who's very good who's a very good secondary scoring piece, right? Yeah. There. He's got he's gonna get like sixty points. I think he's gonna finish with around sixty this year, which is not bad. It's yeah. pretty good. And then on defense, like Charlie McAvoy is an exceptional defender. And then they got Lindholm with him as well. So yeah. to really solidify that and that, that, that there. Helps them out kind of sp- split up Grizzlick, who's also like really strong for them. Um put puts him away from McAvoy. Which, yeah. Um, but yeah, good contributor. Yeah. And then Brandon Carlos, a solid defensive defenseman. I think it's just like, uh, not question marks. They had two decent goaltenders, but what's the saying? It's, uh, if you have two good goalies in the playoffs, you have none or something like that. I guess. Yeah. That, that, that's a good saying. If it's not saying it should be, but I think they're going to stick with Swayman going into the playoffs. It seems like that's a lot. Yeah. seems like that's who they're going to be going with but yeah. yeah so this boston team doesn't seem the most it's not as, yeah i don't have as much positive really to say about boston as i do about tampa bay yeah. but when you look at the second half of the season the points percentage of They've the two good. i should be i should be going nuts about boston yeah. as opposed to what i just said about tampa so but tampa's the champs until they're not so one, one of the biggest things that i don't think many people have talked about about boston at all this year is uh a lot of the private, or I know, uh, I think it's the Sports Logic private model. I don't know. Yeah. There's a private model that has. They are basically the best team at suppressing scoring chances and expected goals against in the, in the league, in the league, and they do it by a rather significant margin. 
they are like clearly above far and away the best at just mitigating scoring chances. I don't know how they do it. I don't I don't watch enough Boston to tell you how they do it. All I know is what the numbers are saying and that's that's what they're that's what they're saying, right? And that's a little scary to me because Interesting. Our team does really well at generating chances and this is like the classic like back in when we we first made the playoffs 4 years ago or I guess it was our second year in the playoffs how how the narrative was oh the Bruins really sound defensively against the po- offensive powerhouse of the Leafs. It's kind of going to be the same narrative if it were to happen now because, again, the Leafs have some of the highest goals for this year. Generate are some of the best at generating expecting goals. They're a lot better defensively this year than they were years past, but they're going up against a team that their identity is defense and being the best at it in the league. So it's a little bit of a while while their players aren't as intimidating as a lot of Tampa's Tampa's players are. Yeah, um, just offensive output and skill wise like they have really sneaky good underlying numbers really really strong so interesting yeah it's gonna be very interesting you know i mean when you look at this decor you don't really it doesn't really me to me it does not scream defensive de- mm-hmm. defense 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 i mean it's it's uh mike riley who's pretty good he's a decent defenseman i would yeah. say he's he's charlie a- mcavoy who's very good at two both ends of the yeah. ice Grizzlick is I, I want to say leans more towards offense. He does, but I think him, Grizzlick and Carlo's Ryan, very good defensively, yeah. obviously. And then there's Forbard and Clifton. Forbar- but Lind- I don't really like Forbard. I'm not one of those two guys sitting out for Lindholm. Lindholm's going to be yeah, slaughtered on that first. Oh, line, and then so. Lindholm. Okay, yes. yeah, Lindholm's an exceptional yeah. defensive defenseman. Yeah. So, so um, I mean, yeah, when you look at Carlo McAvoy, you can consider Lindholm three defense. I mean, yeah. Like but then, but whole, uh, it's interesting. That is an interesting point mm-hmm. to bring up. They all pretty much all of their guys are just good. Have like even their forwards are good. Yeah, sound like they may not produce very well. They may not have like like Charlie Coyle may not score like thirty goals in a year or twenty five goals, but he he definitely has the uh, shot suppression ability. So Ooh. and that's what their entire team has. Their their team is just really good at that. Essentially, so that's how they're good. That's their identity, and that's how they're going to beat other teams is by just yeah it's kind of like not not the islanders but that's i guess the easiest way to put it is just trying not to allow a lot of a lot yeah. of goals against and leaning on your your higher skill guys to get get you by yeah so i think this is also like when i'm just thinking of the forwards wise we're going to be leaning a lot on Sheldon Keith in terms of trying to line match and get Matthews line away from the Bergeron line and making sure you have a good defensive line on Bergeron mm-hmm. when uh, when you have the home ice advantage there, that's where. Also, to note, home ice advantage against the Bruins, or actually against anyone, just that chess match that it, that it is the playoffs is going to be massive. Yeah. To start, but like, yeah, I, I want to see Sheldon Keith, you know, line match a little better, a little better, much better these playoffs than he did last, and yeah. also the secondary scoring is going to be massive in these playoffs, and I feel like that's why he's really trying to put an emphasis on getting putting getting Nylander away from Tavares and making sure it's a line that works, mm-hmm. right? If it only took 20 games, but it kind of looks like he's got something now. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great great way to sum it up, I guess. Yeah. Yep. So it's either Boston or it's Tampa. We, we're going to be score wa- scoreboard watching 
every single night. Yeah. I would say. I don't know about you. But oh yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Anything else you got? Um no, I think eight PM Florida swing. Eight yeah. Eight PM uh tomorrow these play Tampa. Should be a fun one. Yeah. I think that'll really determine that like not determine it, but it'll be set the course of who we're gonna play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I agree. I agree. Alrighty. Anyways. Thank you everyone for listening. Go let's go. The Rink Rat Report Podcast is brought to you by Betstamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sports books. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for f- sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report Podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up.